Peace, love, and liberation. Peace, love, and liberation. Peace, love, and liberation. Welcome to another installment of 30 Talk. I am your host, Him Not Them, a.k.a. Furious Styles. As always, we got to give a shout out to the listeners and the ancestors. First to the listeners, because the love and support and the encouragement is much appreciated. And to the ancestors, because without your bloodshed and without your tears shed, we wouldn't be able to stand here today. You can find these installments on one or two platforms, either the iTunes slash podcast or the Anchor app. The information is free, so is the app. Type in Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R, in your app stores. You can get started with either a email or a Facebook login. Once you're squared away, type in 30Talk in the search bar. You'll find a melanated man holding half his head up with a crown underneath. That crown represents our royalty because I got loyalty and royalty inside my DNA. Once you see that logo, hit the favorite, hit the like, hit the applause. Take time to listen to our previous installments and keep your notifications on. The summertime's coming, we're gonna try to drop these a little more frequently. And we want you to always be aware when that 30 talk hit. (laughs) If you're listening to this via the iTunes slash podcast, hit the subscribe there, keep your notifications on. You will find the same logo there as well. Drink your water, eat your greens, take care of our temple. We only get one of these on this physical plane, so we want to take care of it the best way that we can. Here at 30 Talk, we would like to think of this as a university of information that all walks of life, as far as information, I would like for it to pass through here. And one of those things is our diet. I'm not saying that I'm the best eater or the best food connoisseur, but I'm changing my diet as we speak. So when I express myself about food or about nutrition, I don't have all the answers, but I would hope that one of the listeners can reach out to me, give me a tutorial, or you can come on the platform and speak your mind. Let the people know something that I don't know. Here we're trying to build a community. Here at 30 Talk, we're trying to build a community holistic community, meaning we have to bring all of our divine parts, all our divine energies together to create a community so that we can, so that we can create a culture. Um, for our for our current events segment and master teacher homage, it's going to be surrounded with a lot of divine feminine energy. Our master teacher homage goes to a divine feminine master teacher. And our current event goes to two melanated queens who graduated college together and no, they weren't, no, these two melanated queens weren't besties. They were grandmother and granddaughter. Zuri Laos and Teresa Laos both graduated from TSU May 5th of this year, 2018. And they are grandmother and granddaughter. TSU is short for Tennessee State University. The reason why I felt this was important to pay homage to because it's graduation season, college graduation season. 
I myself graduated from Delaware State University May of 2013. So for the individuals who attended college, not only college, but at HBCU, and actually walked out, walked out of there with a degree, more power to you. And these melanated queens not only show that you can be any age to accomplish this, that you can do that with someone that you call your grandmother. How many people can actually say that? I got this from Atlanta Black Star, which is another black, another black publicated website that sheds light on a lot of information that you won't find in mainstream media. The master teacher homage for tonight goes to Dr. Joy DeGru. She is someone that I'm referencing tonight because most of what we're going to be talking about comes from a lecture that she had in 2008. And she is an individual herself that graduated with multiple degrees, a BS in communications, a master's in social work, a master's in clinical psychology, and a PhD in social work. The divine feminine energy is not highly recognized in Western society. Here at 30 Talk, we're trying to pay homage to the divine feminine energy to create our balance. In one of the previous installments, I talked about the Father, Son, Holy Spirit concept And that doesn't necessarily predicate balance because where is the divine feminine energy? The father, mother, child or mayat balance is what brings us as melanated people, not only physical balance, but spiritual balance, a spiritual balance that we can create with one another, that we can also that we can also create within ourselves. So tonight our. Master teacher homage in our current event is wrapped around a lot of divine feminine energy, a lot of degrees, a lot of melanin, a lot of royalty. Tonight, we're going to be discussing a few topics, and the topics have to do with the topics have to do with what we're enduring in real time. So in real time today, there's a lot of things put in place that are used to distract us. In one installment, I talked about propaganda. In one installment, I talked about psychological impairment. Well, tonight, terms that you're going to hear me reference are social learning, social conscience, and cognitive dissonance. Now, these terms all have different meanings, but they kind of coincide because without one, there can't be another. Or if one didn't take place, another one wouldn't have happened. And what made me use or what made me refer to these three terms is what's occurring around us in real time. What we're experiencing right now in real time is not only distractions, but a lot of things that are affecting our social conscience. Our social conscience is a sense of responsibility or concern for the problems and the injustices of society. 
the distractions are not only affecting us mentally, but they're affecting us socially. Because now we can't really determine who's responsible for the injustices or the problems that are going on in society. Things like Issa Rae saying that African-American men, I'm sorry, African-American women should date Asian men because they're relatively, quote unquote, smarter on paper. I'm familiar that her sense of comedy comes from satire, but in today's society, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to differentiate what's truth and what's comedy. So we don't want people to start running away with falsehoods because we're trying to be funny. We have the current Bill Cosby situation where he got his guilty verdict. But the reason why I bring that up is there's plenty of Caucasian individuals that were accused of the same crime but have yet to receive a court date, i.e. Harvey Weinstein, i.e. Roy Moore, who is a individual who tried to run for office in one of those southern states, be it Arkansas, Alabama, or Mississippi. Don't quote me on which states. You can look him up. Roy Moore. He was accused of some type of sexual assault in the midst of him running for public office. Where's his conviction? Where's his public outcry? Our social conscience is being affected right now because we're not sure who to blame for the injustices. Ultimately, Kanye West is what comes to mind within the last two weeks because he said statements like, slavery was a choice. And that was something that I felt I wanted to talk about and I wanted to talk, and I wanted to talk about it last week. But I was like, no, let me sit on it for a little bit. Let, let the wind blow it over so I can come with this information so people can have a clear mind on what he was actually saying. Because the full interviews are out now. You don't have to worry about the sound bites. You can listen to the actual full interviews and you can get a better understanding of what he's saying. Not saying that you have to agree. So with this installment, we're going to be talking about events that are happening in real time. But I'm not going to focus on solely what Kanye West said. Because we shouldn't really be mad at what Kanye West said when there's individuals that are around us today that have the very same sentiments as a Kanye West. But we have what is called idol worship or icon worship where we think that the people that we look up to are supposed to have the best high have, are supposed to have the highest regards. And they're just entertainers. They're just exactly what they are, public figures. You take what you need from them and you allow them to be who they are as individuals. This, what is called in what they call, when I say call, I'm sorry, a disclaimer because it was brought to my attention. Thanks for the feedback. When I say they, I'm talking about the opposition. I try not to give it too much of my energy. I don't want to put a label on it. I don't want to seem as though that I'm paying homage to it. So I try to find the, the least way to describe them, and I call them they. So when I speak of they through these installments, I'm speaking about the opposition, the man, the system, whatever term you choose to give it, I'm giving it the they. <laughs> so they, the opposition, are trying to use our public figures to get a rise out of us 
and it's affecting our social conscience because now we're blaming our public figures for the ideals that the opposition is feeding them. So when I listened to all of Kanye's interview, I was like, this is a great teaching moment. And one thing that he said is that slavery was a choice. Now, was he wrong with that statement? Hell yeah, he was. Beyond wrong. (laughs) Slavery was not a choice. But you know what was a choice? Being enslaved. Before you guys get in the uproar, before you guys get in the uproar, listen to what I got to say for a second. First, I want to quote the late, great James Baldwin. James Baldwin stated, when life presents you a choice, you either choose to hold your definition of self or you fold to the adverse choice. So when I saw that, I said, you know what? Being enslaved was a choice. Because if it wasn't, we wouldn't have people like Harriet Tubman, Nat Turner, individuals who chose not to remain enslaved because that was their choice. So in one sense, we can't blame our ancestors for remaining enslaved because there was something also taking place. What was taking place was social learning. This term wasn't coined until the 1920s. But social learning is a theory of learning and social behavior can be acquired by observing or emulating others. Learning also occurs through observation of rewards and punishment, a process known as vicarious reinforcement. So we had individuals like Nat Turner and Harriet Tubman, but we had other individuals who chose to remain enslaved because there was something going on. There was something going on called social learning. Individuals who did chose to run or to flee enslavement might have gotten caught. And when they brought him back, the headmaster, quote unquote, had to make that a teachable moment. So through social learning, he used a tactic called punishment. So let's take a step back. Slavery was not a choice. (laughs) Remaining enslaved was. We have individuals like Harriet Tubman, Nat Turner, who chose not to be enslaved. And we had individuals that remained enslaved because of social learning, because the master chose to use punishment to teach a lesson, or in other words, vicarious reinforcement. So when your choices are either to be a slave or to be murdered, be sold, be raped, be castrated, over time, after seeing that, You've learned something. You've learned that by running away, I'm either going to be sold for my family, killed, raped in front of my family, sold, or castrated. So So when we look at our ancestors, we cannot fault them for remaining enslaved when your only other choices left you dead or... X, Y, and Z. 
So maybe in a sense, the words wasn't used right, but we have to start thinking about the social learning theory and how it was implemented at a time before they even known what was going on. So now that we understand what social learning is, we've learned that slavery wasn't a choice, but remaining a slave was, but we have people who chose not to be a slave, so you could have chosen not to be one, but what were your other options? Wasn't the best ones. Because after time, you will get tired of seeing your uncle being killed and your auntie being sold and your little cousin being taken away. So the kids that your next family has, you're going to teach them not to do those things because socially you've learned that every time they've tried to do this, something negative has happened. You can't fault people for that. That's social learning. How does that affect us in real time? Let's look at Ratchet TV Monday. What type of social interactments are happening on rap on match on Ratchet TV Monday? What kind of social interactments are happening between the man and the female in the music that we're listening to? Our babies, our teenagers, us adults are being socially taught through these avenues, if you want to believe it or not. So in real time, we have to understand that we're making a choice to either remain mentally enslaved or not, because the music is singing us a lullaby. The TV is rocking us to sleep. And now we're so comfortable being asleep that we don't even know what reality is. This is happening in real time. I'm using what's happening in the media referencing historical facts in order for us to understand that these are strategies that we as a people, as melanated people, we have to shake off. So then I thought about something else. I thought, okay, since slavery wasn't a choice, but remaining enslaved was, let's think about the individuals who chose not to be a slave. We are familiar with Nat Turner and Harriet Tubman, but there's two other slave revolts that I want to pay homage to because they were slightly successful for the most part. One of them happening, one of them happening in 1712 in New York City goes by the name of New York City Conspiracy. You can find all this information on the internet as well. Um, and the New York City Conspiracy, nine, nine white deaths, um, three, 30 to 40 black participants. Um, this happened after an uproar, a uproar of uh, a, a death of a, of a white man and the people in New York City was retaliating and some slaves came together to fight back. 30 or 40 of them and nine white deaths. One of another slavers, another slave revolt that doesn't get a lot of public recognition is the Black Seminole War. The Black Seminole War occurred in 1836 and it was one of the most successful, one of the most successful slave rebellions United States history. Um, Over a thousand enslaved, 
blacks and um, another couple hundred Seminole Indians destroyed over 21 sugar plantations in Central Florida and killed up to 400 white people or Caucasian folk. Um, these are revolts that you don't learn in your history class. These aren't revolts that you typically hear during Black History Month. If this was taught to our people in a social learning environment, we wouldn't have a victim concept. We would have a victor concept because we wouldn't be referring to roots and 12 years of slave as our facts to slave history. We can find facts to slave history with revolts ending with us being somewhat of a victor in times where we wasn't even thought of that we was only thought of as three-fifths of a person. So these were two examples of slave revolts that individuals chose not to be enslaved because, in fact, being enslaved was a choice. Now, their demise, I'm not going to speak of because we're not here to pay homage to the negative. We're here to pay homage to the heart and courage that it took for these individuals to stand up for a cause that could quite frankly build the morale of the people but with the opposition in place constantly trying to keep your foot keep their foot on your neck we know how that plays out so now that we understand that there were individuals who chose not to be enslaved or chose not to remain enslaved we had another choice because in James Baldwin's statement, he stated that when life presents you a choice, you either choose to hold your definition of self. This will be the Harriet Tubman's and the Nat Turner's or you will fold to the adverse choice. So let's look at situations where we have adverse choices. These next two situations are also slave revolts. This slave revolt happened in the 1800s. This one was led by an individual by the name of Gabriel Prosser. Gabriel Prosser, I'm sorry, Prosser. Gabriel Prosser and his brother was a blacksmith and a slave preacher. They recruited over a thousand slaves they had weapons hid all over the city of Richmond. And the day of their revolt, the day that they were going to revolt, there was a, a dangerous storm that, a violent storm that wiped out all their weapons and supplies. So once they were trying to regain what was lost, before they could get their plan off the ground, one of the people in Gabriel's camp Informed local authorities. I think they say that these days. And the plan was foiled because one person chose to turn in the cavalry. That was one of the choices that was made, and that one was the adverse choice. Because through social learning, that specific individual, be it whoever it was, chose to turn their back on the people because they saw enough death and been told enough lies 
to think and feel and understand that being on the plantation was their best foundation. Not knowing that the people that look like them, the people that are out there struggling with them, is their real foundation. So how does that affect us in real time? Today, we call those people Uncle Toms. We call them snakes. We call them 50. We call them fake. We call them two-faced. Through social learning, we have a a very bad taste in our melanated mouths. And those are individuals who are skin folk, but they ain't kin folk. You know what I'm saying? Social learning through slavery has taught certain people that the on, that taught people that the only way that they can survive in this white man's world is to be a white man, not knowing that you're melanated. But not only would they turn their back on their people to succeed, they will step on it and stab them and ridicule them and profit from it. And then wave it in their face saying, grab, grab it, grab by your bootstraps and do what I did. I made it out. You can do it too. This person, Candace Owens, Candace Jackson, Candace Parker. No, I can't say Candace Parker because I know who Candace Parker is. She's a fine melanated queen that played WNBA. Don't get me started on her. But Candace Owens, the person that Kanye West sided on, one of the BS things that he said, even though he said great things, but he's siding with the individual that has the Candace Owens or the Ben Carsons or the Stacey Dash. The individuals who did what this individual did, turned their back on Gabriel and his rebellion, lets you know that social learning happened way before we even knew what we were learning. Social media has done that these days. Look at the music that we listen to. Look at the things that not we as, in, as a person, but we as a collective choose to indulge in. Just the social learning. We, we might be old enough to understand what's going on around us, but what about the babies? What about the teenagers who think it's cute? Who when they see a real cute girl doing ratchet things, she might have to think, I'm sorry, she's thinking that she has to do those things in order to be on. In order for her to in order for her to succeed. Another situation where another situation where an individual either chose to stand true to their definition of self or chose the adverse choice was in the Denmark Vesey uprising. This happened in 1822. A free man who despised slavery took inspiration from the Israelites in the Bible. The plan fell through when several slaves became informers, exposing the plot before it took place. Vesey and 130 other slaves were arrested. Of the 130, 49 were convicted, 37 were executed, and 12 was pardoned. What we have to understand now is that not only did social learning take a toll on people in the 1800s, but 22 years later, social learning was still being implemented. 
the amount of deaths that took place when individuals chose not to be enslaved and then the amount of deaths that took place when the individuals who chose not to be a slave was quote-unquote ratted on by individuals who were supposed to be in their circle. That's going on today. In real time. I'm using these references to show that social learning is messing with our social conscience. Because now we're blaming one another for the injustices in society when we have to take a look at who is actually running society. There's a lot of puppets. There's plenty of puppets. But while we're but while we're enjoying the puppet show, they're running the game. Which is unfortunate. At the beginning of the podcast, oh, before I get into that, if you want to reach me personally, you can reach me at him underscore not underscore them on Instagram. Fiasco Rose on the Facebook. I'm trying to uh, get all the, the housekeeping out the way. You know, I've been doing a lot of research, so I try to use the terms that they use, you know. <laughs> But um, at the beginning of this installment, I shed light on the, on the divine feminine energy of Dr. Joy DeGroom. She introduced a term to me. The term she introduced was cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is when your beliefs and ideas and behaviors contradict each other. Cognitive dissonance is when your ideas, behaviors contradict each other when I heard this I was like yo that's so freaking true because in western society especially us being melanated individuals be it black or hispanic there's a lot of things that are put into our lives that contradict how we're living so we're developing what is called cognitive dissonance because now we're trying to feel I'm sorry, we're trying to understand why we feel this way, but we can't act this way. And the way that Joy DeGruy, Dr. Joy DeGruy, broke down cognitive dissonance is she used it from a slave master to a slave mentality. What she felt was, or what she expressed very profoundly, is that in order for a slave master or in order for racism to occur there has to be a level of dissonance put in place in order for them to act this way meaning that it's not our fault while we're acting this way it's theirs here's an example in the early 19th century a physician by the name of Samuel A. Cartwright argued that slaves suffered from a mental illness caused by a nerve disorder This nerve disorder he named drapedomania. And the only symptom for drapedomania was the uncontrollable urge to escape slavery. (laughs) Let me explain to you where the cognitive dissonance lies in this. 
because there was such a because that because the choice being made was not to be enslaved and there was so many deaths being had at the fact that slaves were choosing not to be enslaved they had to come up with a mental illness or a nerve disorder to classify why there were so many deaths of these individuals the cognitive dissonance took place because the beliefs and ideas didn't match their behaviors they couldn't keep saying that they was killing them because they was getting away and and we had to teach them a lesson we had to make we had to make sure that we slept good at night when I'm speak of we I'm speaking of the opposition if we wanted to sleep good at night we have to quantify why these slaves are running away it's because they have a nerve disorder it's because they have a mental illness they know they're supposed to be enslaved they're inferior to us and if you are a physician in the 19th century in a in a quote unquote nation where there wasn't a lot of information or education People will go off a word of a Samuel A. Cartwright. People will trust the words of a Samuel A. Cartwright. Because he was a physician. He has to know. He wrote plenty of books. And he came up with dreptomania, with drapedomania, however you say it, because it's been debunked more over than anything. But because we couldn't stand on our own or have anybody to defend us, we had to rely on individuals like this who said that this syndrome, drapedomania, the only symptom was the uncontrollable urge to to escape slavery. Cognitive dissonance. They have to create an idea in order to make sure that it doesn't conflict with their behavior. How does that affect us today? We talk about being successful as a people. We melanated people, black and brown, because I don't want this division to continue any longer. Black and brown are colors and descriptions. You're melanated. Be thankful for that. Let's think about how cognitive dissonance affects us today. We always talking about we want to be successful. We want to we want to see ourselves in the limelight, but we're not doing anything that's going to put us there. That's contradicting. I'm having a level of cognitive dissonance in real time because I keep speaking about things. I keep talking about things. I have all these great ideas, but I'm not manifesting any of those things because I'm not working towards them. There are certain things that are keeping me from my dreams, from my goals, and that's myself. Cognitive dissonance. Us as melanated people, not only in the States, but in the Caribbeans, in Central America, in all parts of the world. Melanated people have been kept at bay from what we call success for the most part because... We've been socially engineered to believe that we're inferior. We've been socially engineered to believe that we're less than. And it's, and it's been shown over time that it's been shown over time to be true. Excuse me. I just had a, I had a real moment. I had to step away from the script for a second. 
yes, if you want to reach out to me individually, him underscore not underscore them, Fiasco Rose on the Facebook. Um, your comments, your love is much appreciated. I had to uh, take a moment to myself because I was feeling myself getting a little emotional. Um, and I try to I try to stay away from my emotions because our emotions are just feelings in motion. You know, we can't let our feelings get us carried away. You know. So in a sense, in real time, we're experiencing a social conscience restructuring. We're realizing that we are learning through a theory that is called social learning. And we are experiencing something that is called cognitive dissonance because our beliefs and our actions aren't matching our behaviors. And all those things are happening in real time because we're not paying attention to the details. And I'm not going to turn this into a preach session. You know, we're closing out for sure. We don't want to hold up too much of your time. I appreciate you listening. But I want to sum up what we're talking about right here because the three things that I want you to walk away from is social learning, social conscious, and cognitive dissonance. And what I used tonight was slavery references solely because we are allowing the media to get us all in the uproar over sound bites. And then sometimes the sound bites don't necessarily tell you everything you need to hear. We got to stop allowing this social learning. I'm sorry. We have to stop allowing social learning to teach us that we have to get everything in 30 seconds. or We have to get everything within a minute of thought. Some things take more than a minute worth of thinking. Sometimes you have to sit with it. Sometimes you have to study it. Because if you really want something, you got to want it because you earned it, not because somebody gave it to you. And with the social learning that we're experiencing in real time, we're experiencing the come up phase that we don't know how they did it. They just got it. And then now they have it. But you don't know how hard that person worked for it. You don't know the struggles that they had to make to get there. So today we're finding it hard to accept people's successes because we don't like the path that they chose to get there. That's that idol worship. That's that savior complex where we have to believe that someone has to be a certain kind of way to get it. And there's multiple ways to get it. One one analogy that I tend to use a lot is the sum of two analogy. And there's there's multiple ways to get the sum of two. But sometimes we get so stuck on two plus two or eight divided by four. It's just like we, we just know the easiest way to get to two. But sometimes you have to solve that long equation that takes multiple steps to get the solution that you want. And in real time, cognitive dissonance is keeping us from that. The social learning theory that is being used is messing with our social conscience. 
With this installment, I hope we took from it that we can't allow not only our past to keep us from moving forward, but we can't allow these idols and entertainers to keep us from moving forward either. We have to stop putting all our energy into these individuals who are just entertainers. We have enough of whatever we need within ourselves and we can find it. We have to want it first. This is 30 Talk. If you want to have this conversation, if you really want to have this conversation with me, you got to talk to me 30. Peace.